Sacred Ordinary Days podcast. I'm Jen Giles Kemper, and you can find me at sacredordinarydays.com. And I'm Lacey Clark Elman of asacredjourney.net. For season one, we're journeying together through the liturgical year. So grab a cup of tea or coffee and join us at the table. Lacey, I'm really excited to be starting this podcast with you. Me too, Jen. I feel like it's been a long time coming, and I'm so excited that we're actually doing it now. Yeah, me too. I'm actually a little nervous as well. We're still getting to know each other, and um, we're definitely still learning each other's working styles. So pretty much there is a learning curve to every single part of this project, which is not advised. (laughs) No. um, Yes. This is my first time using GarageBand, and we (laughs) did record this um, a bit earlier and had our mics turned the wrong way. And so I feel like, though, this shows our commitment to the project and to the conversations, Jen, that um, we will go through this and even embarrass ourselves, humble ourselves a bit just to, to have these conversations and to to do this together. So right now I'm actually in Waco, Texas, where I live. And Lacey is in Seattle, Washington, where she lives. And while we first connected on social media, we really started getting to know each other starting a couple of months ago in a group that you started. Tell them about it. Yes. uh, It's a group called Soul Friends, which um, I love because it is uh, also, the meaning, an- Anamkara is a Celtic word, and um, that means soul friends, and it translates kind of to, it's another word for spiritual director, and that's that something that each of us in the group are in some capacity. And it started because I, as a young spiritual director, a very young spiritual director in relation to the others who are mostly in the second half of life. I'm just going to say it. Mostly gray hairs, mostly uh-huh. retirement age. We can uh, we can be confident that we're usually the youngest in the room, which means that when you see someone else that might be within 10 to perhaps 20 years of your age. It's exciting. Um, it's exciting. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's an instant connection. Mm-hmm. And so when our friend Whitney Simpson of ExploringPeace.com contacted me, she found my name through a blog post I did. And she just, I think probably that's why she wanted to connect. She probably saw someone else younger doing similar work. And um, and so after we started having these conversations, I realized my hunger for them and wanted to pursue that further, not just between the two of us, but inviting other people in. And so that's how Soul Friends formed. And um, when we began to think about who we wanted to be a part of this group, Jen, you were one of the first people that came to mind. I remember you following me, I think, on Instagram or something a while back. And after you had liked some of my my images, I clicked over on your name to learn more about you and instantly connected to um, the posts of Richard Rohr books or different <laughs> yeah. spiritual practices or things like that. Um, and as we said, yes, anytime you notice someone else who is doing something similar in our in our field, you... Uh, you connect, you jump at that opportunity. And so, yeah, you were the one of the first people we invited. And it feels like, I guess it's been six months, but it mm-hmm. feels it feels like forever. It does. Um, I can't yeah. imagine my life or my work without you and without our Soul Friends group. It has been such a life-giving place for me. And I think that's the power of a Me Too moment, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's craving that Me Too moment, yeah, someone else I to agree. say like, I get it, or I've experienced something similar, or 
I struggle with the same thing. So, well, yeah. And I think, especially in this online world that we're in, you know, as, as I said, I'd been following you ever since I learned about you and I know that you had been following me. And so we knew about each other, but sometimes you just need to say, let's, let's do this work together. Yeah. Even giving in to the temptation of seeing each other as competitors. Um, yeah. I mean, gosh, my work is so much richer for building colleague relationships and frankly, friendships um, yeah. with you rather than, you know, it'd be really easy for us to be like, oh, she's doing exactly what I wanted to do, which is frankly, which why we started the podcast, why we decided to mm-hmm. start a podcast. Well, exactly. And yes, now we're not only sharing our work with one another, but we are with this podcast working together. And um, that just feels like a great next step for me. And I I know it does for you as well. Absolutely. Okay. So take me back a little bit further and tell me about sort of the beginning and how you got into spiritual formation work and spiritual direction. Yeah. Well, I will say that I didn't grow up in a tradition that... um, that talked much, well, didn't talk about spiritual direction at all. I did not know what that was and uh, didn't really use the phrase spiritual practices as well. If we, if there were spiritual practices, it would be more um, the traditional ones like reading the Bible or prayer or things like that. Um, but the the more contemplative practices were definitely not as much on our radar. And so, and yet, and yet I feel like my story as um, having a contemplative heart uh, began long before I discovered these practices. And so as I look back on my journey, I could see um, in my own faith development, even through the, those youth group years, because mm-hmm. we, we did have youth groups yep. um, and, and beyond as I um, went to college and started exploring different denominations and things like that, I could see that um, my heart was there in that place uh, waiting, waiting to receive this new chapter whenever I came. And, and that happened whenever I went to graduate school at the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. And I originally entered for counseling psychology. I knew I was passionate about spirituality, and I also knew that I was passionate about healing and relationships. And so going to a, sem- a seminary that had um, counseling felt like the, uh, the perfect combination Um, And yet, while I was there, soon after beginning, I discovered the work of spiritual direction. And as I began to ponder um, what my vocation in the world might be, what my voice in the world is, I began to realize that spiritual direction might be that place for me in the work of spiritual formation, especially the work of pilgrimage. Um, Travel has always been a huge thing for me. I was able to travel from a young age um, a lot, both domestically and internationally, even spending time living in London uh, in college when I studied abroad and also in Uganda. And so those were big years for me, big times uh, when I was learning more about myself. And so in the same way, I was learning more about my spirituality. And so I would find that my spirituality informed my travels and my travels informed my spirituality. And so this language of pilgrimage um, that I finally, even though, you know, knew about pilgrims in the context of Thanksgiving for a <laughs> long time and, or like, you know, pilgrim having a, a baseball fan going on Especially, pilgrimage to Wait, what? Wrigley Field or something. Is that a thing? 
Oh yeah, my my dad has done trips, and I know many many others as well. So there is a long, a wide range of pilgrimage. <laughs> but all that. that to say is that yeah. So it's it's just funny because pil- it, there was just something when someone said pilgrimage to me after I began my work at the Seattle School, and as I was entering these waters of spiritual formation and being introduced to spiritual direction, that when they said pilgrimage. Um, and were describing a journey they were going on, something they had longed to go on forever, and that really connected um, to their soul. It just clicked, and all of a sudden I had a new language for what I had been experiencing all along. And so that kind of became, as I said, the waters that I that I swam in. And so as I learned more about spiritual formation, the work of spiritual direction, uh, my language was the language of journey. And uh, and that brought me to starting my website, asacredjourney.net, where we explore both spirituality and intention for our travels in daily life. And um, also led me to my love for the liturgical seasons, because to me, they feel like a journey as well. Not just one that we can reenter year after year, but one that if we engage with intention and with our full selves, inviting them into our lives and not just stepping into the life of the church, we can journey deeper and deeper year after year. Absolutely. Uh, what about you, Jen? Tell me about your work uh, with spiritual direction and spiritual formation and what, what brings you to this conversation. Yeah. So I grew up in the church. I'm a minister's kid. And all the way back to vacation Bible school when I was a toddler, I there's a picture of me. Maybe we can throw it in the show notes, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. Behind a podium, playing dress up, and I was preaching because that's what you do when you play church, I guess. Mm -hmm. But even though I have loved the church and loved playing church and being a part of the church my whole life, the one thing that I knew for sure when I grew up was that I was not going to marry a minister. And that was actually no (laughs) reflection on my parents or my family. My dad's a really gifted minister, and he was every bit as good of a dad as he was and is a minister. But even so, it was hard. It's hard growing up as a minister's kid. And I just thought, I never want to do that to anybody else. (laughs) Um, But when I got into college and was headed down another path, I continued to do the same things that I'd always done, teaching Sunday school and leading small groups. And all of these people in my life just kept saying over and over to me, have you noticed that when you set your work to this hands that it flourishes and frankly that you flourish, you are more yourself Mm -hmm. in these moments when you're teaching and preaching and sharing and bringing people into um, your experience and the experiences that scripture bears witness to. Good stuff happens. Why aren't you doing this? Um, But of course, I grew up in churches where there were no women behind pulpits. And in fact, I'd never even seen a woman pass an offering plate until I was in college. And so that took several years of kind of working through and pulling apart and putting back together my theology and my understanding of what scripture said on that for that to fit and for me to be able to claim that I felt called to ministry and actually just name that. And then after several years of working through that and saying, yes, this is what I feel called to, It actually then was several years later that I kind of felt called to set that down. I found a church here in Waco, a contemplative, liturgical Baptist church. I know all of those things sound like an oxymoron. (laughs) Sounds sounds like a great combination (laughs) to me. I would have loved that. Um, 
And gosh, I just wanted to stay there. I want to stay there and learn. And after being in leadership and ministry, um, like my whole life, cause that's what happens when you're a minister's kid. I just, I wanted to sit and learn and soak up and not be in charge for a little while. Um, so I had a choice, either leave and find a position on staff somewhere else and like do what I had gone to school to do or stay and kind of find a new path. And so for the last several years, um, I have been an entrepreneur and have just continued to soak in and study this contemplative spirituality that has come to be so life-giving for me. And really, I've been a newbie in the liturgical tradition as well. And it has been so life-giving to have this new language and these new tools and this new approach which of course is not new. It's just new to me. And, um, over the last couple of years, it just became clear that if my work was anything, it was to share what had been shared with me. And so as I came to learn about spiritual direction the last couple of years and started seeing a spiritual director myself, yeah, it was one of those me too moments. I'm like, Oh, this is what I've been doing for people and alongside people for years. I just didn't have the language for it. Um, you know, and as you kind of describe how you see spiritual direction, for me, it has been the discipline and joy of sitting down alongside people and hearing their stories. And as you said, helping to find the threads and then also being Mm -hmm. a safe place to land when it feels like everything is falling apart. A lot of folks that I've worked with formally or informally, are folks that are at a crisis point and everything that they have believed about their faith or about God is now dismantled and they're kind of figuring out what now does that mean that everything that I've known about God is wrong or that God is not trustworthy or whatever. And so it has Mm -hmm. been a real um, honor and privilege and responsibility to sit with people in those moments. Oh yeah. And I love that that what now because to the outsider it might seem like that is the worst place to be but really in the work of spiritual direction like that's it yep when someone begins to ask that that's the place where you begin that's the work right there absolutely and I think that has been my experience as well that the last couple of years every time I ask what now it's a new beginning (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so I think even now, as we're sitting down to record this podcast, this is kind of the beginning of the next what now for both of us. So you've spent the last couple of months creating, and actually mine just arrived today, a perpetual wall calendar um, to be a companion throughout the liturgical year. Tell us about that. Yeah. I, um, as I said, over the past few years, I've become uh, really passionate about the liturgical seasons and and am a newbie as well. I didn't grow up in a tradition that followed them. Uh, I think we had lit an Advent wreath um, at some point maybe, but we never had one in my home. And so for the most part, it, it's all new to me. And as, as I began to fall in love with this language of journey, and um, learn more about the liturgical seasons. They, 
intertwined and found their way into my own work. And so I found myself um, at the beginning of this past summer, whenever I was at a point, uh, a point of transition in the work I was doing. And so pausing um, in a time of retreat to ask, what what now? Or as I, um, the past few years, I've always referred to it on my blog of what's growing. I feel like springtime just always awakens mm-hmm. that within me, um, begs me to ask that question, like what's growing beneath the surface? Um, you know, when you see green things pop up that you don't really know what they are for a while. <laughs> That's true. Um, and so you just wonder about them and you allow them, allow them to be there and see what shape they take. And for me, um, it was this, this perpetual wall calendar. I, um, one of my favorite things about the liturgical seasons is the invitations they have, not just for us to enter into the story of Christ, but to bring the story of Christ into our everyday mm. lives. And so um, each of the seasons, and we'll explore these as we continue the conversation, um, have invitations for us. And the season of Advent, um, which is the very first season in the liturgical year, some of that is um, waiting, longing, um, wondering about what Christ, what God is conceiving in you as Christ was conceived in Mary. Um, and that that time in the womb, the mystery, the uncertainty of what's happening, and yet the hope um, that comes, as we know, with Christmas. And so so just all of those words, I um, found myself wanting some sort of resource that, you know, I could hang on the wall that had the colors, had some symbols, had these invitations, so that as I go about my everyday, um, I can glance at it, catch it in the corner of my eye, and remember, these are the questions I want to be asking myself during this season. This is this is how I can apply this to my everyday life um, and bring my spiritual journey further and deeper. And so it's it started as a resource I wanted to create for myself, um, something that would be a perpetual calendar, not something that has boxes or dates like our traditional calendar, but instead something you can use year after year, something that's ecumenical um, and something that you just turn the page as the seasons progress, um, as you cross the threshold into a new chapter, a new season, a new way of being. And so I spent the summer creating that, um, having fun doodling (laughs) as I have been known to do. I don't know. I think it's um, pretty hard to consider what you've created doodling. I know my doodling is not oh, nearly as good as no, this. Yes. I mean, it was, it was, it was very, yes, studied doodling. <laughs> but to me, like, that's fun. Like, I spent mm-hmm. a whole week just working on my letters, which is something that, like, I could go back on school notes from high school or, you know, before that and find my doodles and how I would um, use different fonts and things like that. So, yes doodles but I say that with love because to me like that's that's uh, just like it could be painting or something um it's become an art form a way of creative expression um and so I worked symbols symbols in there for each of the seasons and then also did the work of writing descriptions for the seasons as well not just um one of the mill ones but ones I felt that have those invitations in there that to me, like that's that's my heart. Um, as you read the descriptions of each season, that's that's what gets gets me with each season, and that's what I um, am excited to share um, through the calendar and also through these conversations, um, bringing those descriptions that I wrote and and my 
doodles <laughs> uh, to, to life um, in these conversations that we begin with each other and that I hope we spark um, in friendships and living rooms, um, conversations to come and to continue. Absolutely. What about you, Jen? Um, yeah. So for the last year or so, the word embody has kept coming up for me as kind of central to my calling in the season. Um, most recently I had been kind of focused on small business coaching and consulting. And even though it was mostly people of faith who wanted to work with me, um, my faith wasn't really a part of what I talked about or, or what I focused on, um, at all. They just <laughs> found me, I guess. Um, and so I knew that it was really time for me to more fully embody, um, this work now that I knew kind of what was mine to do and to stop thinking or planning or staying stuck and just actually do the work. And so that's where, um, my planner sacred ordinary days was born. Um, like I said, the liturgical calendar has been really formative, um, in my spiritual life and really beyond that it has, it has really done some major reordering from top to bottom in my life. And, um, I know that as I have come to different stages in my life, things that have been a partner in my work or learning or life for a long time get stale. And so I wanted to create something that could kind of break in, um, for people who, who felt like this was getting stale as well as something that would be a nice starting point for people like us who, um, don't have a background with the liturgical calendar. And I think it, it can be tough. Um, sometimes it feels like you need to know the insider language to learn it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And even picking up the book of common prayer is like, like this foreign textbook yeah, that you don't even know where to begin. And of course, as, as you start using it, it's like, oh, this is super mm-hmm. accessible and easy for people to pick up and understand. But at the beginning, it doesn't feel that way. Um, at least yeah. it didn't for me. So yeah, so we created this planner that was one part liturgical calendar, lectionary, and daily office, and one part... Um, what all that stuff had to do with your actual life day to day. So, I mean, as I'm sure you've noticed, it makes a lot of sense that we're doing this podcast together. Um, after having both really invested a ton of time and energy and frankly money to, um, learn about and create resources for the liturgical calendar. And so, um, I don't know, as, as we are kind of moving on to new stages in our work, both with those resources and beyond, um, I've been turning my attention to this next year and deeper, which you've used several times. Um, I feel like we could turn this into a drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> Journey, deeper, liturgical. I don't know. What are that the other a, <laughs> That is a new type of journey right there, Jim. <laughs> That's true. But... Um, yeah, for me, the word deeper kind of kept coming up as a way to describe, uh, what felt like next steps for me. And so I wanted to take the tools and the resources that I'd already created and, um, go deeper with people, which is why, uh, I asked you to start this podcast with me. I am an extrovert and I love <laughs> collaborating with people and, um, 
actually, I really enjoy even the learning curve part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to create this tool with somebody who I enjoyed and wanted to get to know, but also somebody who, um, yeah, who, who I felt like could stretch me and be a good, that we could be a good complement to one another. So, well, and I feel like since you've shared you're an extrovert, I should say that I'm an introvert. So, (laughs) so we've got a good balance for all all the listeners out there. Um, and yeah, both of us connect over meaningful conversations, whether we come at it from a more introverted stance or an extroverted stance. And so this is, this is the, the place where our, our passions combine. Mm -hmm. And so we're setting out to record about 15 episodes in this first season together. And, um, where the, where the podcast goes after this first season, we don't know. Um, but we've committed to this first season and to do it together. And then yes, we'll kind of see what goes on from there. Yeah, we are starting here at the beginning of the liturgical year uh, with the season of Advent. And so we're going to explore each of the seasons, um, Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, uh, also talking about ordinary time in there um, for probably during Epiphany as some traditions recognize just Epiphany as a feast day or holy day and then have that as ordinary time before Lent. And then uh, after Pentecost, it comes again, um, one of the longest the longest season of of the liturgical year and of our lives. And we will share a new episode um, every few few weeks, every other week or so, and depending on the season at hand. Mm -hmm. um, I know sometimes like Holy Week comes right before Easter, and so those will probably be back-to-back, whereas others might be spread out, like with the season of Lent, where we will do a few, but we'll explore um, different aspects of the season as it goes along. So we will be sure to tell you at the end of each episode when you can hear from us next. Yes. And we'd really love for you to join us in this conversation. What we share in these episodes is really only meant to be the springboard for the conversation. And we'd like to invite you into it. What happens next depends on you. Um, so join us. We've got a couple different ways that you can do that. One is coming into the Facebook group that we've created Um, And the idea there is really based on the fact that I think conversations are so much richer and so much more meaningful and so much more transformative um, when they're in the context of relationship. And so rather than hanging out in a comment section or 100% on social media, we um, kind of more like public social media, that is, um, we, I wanted a place where we can engage with conversation, build relationship, and where there was some sense of um, privacy. You know, the whole world can't see the Facebook group. You can only see it if you're on the inside. So come on over and join us there. Facebook.com slash groups slash Sacred Ordinary Days Tribe. And actually started that Facebook group a couple of months ago in preparation for um, launching our planner on Kickstarter. And I think yesterday we crossed 750 people, which (laughs) totally blows my mind. That being said, um, there's plenty of space for new voices and new conversations, and um, it would be richer for having you there. Um, You can also download the companion guide to each of these podcast episodes, and you can do that at sacredordinarydays.com slash podcast. 
when you sign up, you'll be sent the essentials workbook. Um, and that'll give you a place for starting to figure out what works for you. And it'll also be a common reference and common language with the other folks in the group and who are engaging in this conversation with Lacey and I. So go ahead and go to sacredordinarydays.com slash podcast and download it now before we even get to that first Advent episode next time. Okay. And if a Facebook group doesn't feel like the best thing for you, best way to engage, or if you're not on Facebook, we, um, I want to start a broader conversation to invite others in all throughout social media. And you can do that by using the hashtag Sacred Ordinary Days podcast. And of course, you can uh, connect with us as well. So if you want to shoot us a question or, or a response to the question mm-hmm. we're going to pose at the end of each, each conversation, I'm at A Sacred Journey on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and Pinterest. And you can always find me at my website at a circuitjourney.net. And also, I think on Pinterest, I've already started an advent board. And Ooh. so I think that'll be a fun way to continue the conversation, but in a more kind of visual way, a creative way. Um, truly thinking about not how we can just bring this into our lives, but into our homes. So I'm excited about that. I can't wait to head over and check it out. And I'm at Jen Giles Kemper everywhere. Instagram is my most favorite, but I'm actually pretty excited about how Twitter might be a great conversation point um, to continue these podcast conversations. I've been hanging out a little bit more often there lately than I have um, in recent months. So I'm also thinking about doing some Periscope follow-up conversations along the way. Um, and my website is jengileskemper.com, but it disappeared during our Kickstarter campaign. Pretty much the only <laughs> time it's ever gotten that much traffic, <laughs> which is how these things work sometimes. Um, and so it will be reincarnated very soon at sacredordinarydays.com, hopefully before you even listen to this. And um, we've even started a Sacred Ordinary Days Instagram account, which is where we'll be posting quotes and questions from the podcast as well. Yeah. So as you can um, see and hear, we we are ready to begin this conversation and we want to invite you to join that as well. As we've said, um, what what we share here in each of the podcasts and as we explore each of the seasons is only the beginning. We uh, want that to awaken conversations within you, within your relationships, and um, within the Sacred Ordinary Days tribe as well. And so we hope to see you there in the Facebook group, other areas of social media. And um, we hope that it doesn't stop there, that you pass these along down the line. And uh, we actually are even looking toward the end of the season as well with um, some exciting things happening. Jen, you want to share that? Yeah. So from setting out to do this podcast at the very, very beginning, we know that um, we want to meet you in person. We want these conversations and relationships to start here and in the Facebook group and on social media and then translate into real life, face-to-face, hugs, high fives, hanging out. Um, I know for me, a meal around the table is my favorite place to be with people. And so we want to tell you right now from the very beginning that our goal is to meet you in real life in May in Texas. So we are planning an end of season retreat for the Sacred Ordinary Days podcast. It's going to be on Memorial Day weekend, um, which is end of May. 
And while we don't have the exact dates and city lockdown, just know it's going to be Memorial Weekend in Texas, probably um, Austin area. Well, and one thing I love about doing it at this time, not only because it'll be kind of a a celebration as we wrap up this season and hopefully as we've um, journeyed together with, of course, each other in these conversations, but all of our listeners as we uh, live the liturgical year. And and I want to say that we, as we both said, um, are in in the scheme of things, even though we've done research, we've created things, resources, we're new to this. And so we're going to be living this right alongside you. And I can't wait to sit down at the table together with everyone at this retreat and share those experiences. And um, most importantly, journey and transition into ordinary time together because uh, that's when that's when we'll be meeting as we have passed Pentecost and are entering ordinary time the season after Pentecost and ordinary time is as I think I said before takes up most of the days of our lives Mm -hmm. and it's where all that we journey through in the liturgical year plays out and um I just feel like that's a great way to both end um, and yet also begin. So it feels like a ascending, ascending of sorts. in a way. Yeah. yeah, I love that. One of the gifts that we hope to give you at the end of each episode is a blessing. I know that for me, it's really meaningful as someone who often does the praying or blessing in different circles and relationships in my life to be on the receiving end of the gift of a prayer or blessing from someone else. So some weeks we will pray over you or bless you ourselves. And other weeks we're going to share a prayer or blessing that has really meant a lot to us and extend that to you. We'll be taking turns with this and Lacey has got a really beautiful one for us today. Yes, it is from John O'Donohue, who is one of my favorite writers of blessings. Um, He comes from a Celtic background, and so he is so great at articulating the sacredness of the everyday, and that as we enter these liturgical seasons, the liturgical year is really what we'll be paying attention to, um, like the work of spiritual direction noting the sacred stirrings in the everyday and following following those threads um, with each invitation that the next season brings. And so this is a blessing for a new beginning as we begin a new liturgical year, as both you and I, Jen, begin this podcasting journey um, of our own vocations. And as we begin this journey with you, um, these conversations with you. We don't know where they will take us, but we look forward to finding out. A Blessing for a New Beginning from John O'Donohue In out-of-the-way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness grow inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety, 
and the gray promises that sameness whispered. Heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent. Wondered, would you always live like this? Then the delight when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground. Your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plenitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm. For your soul senses the world that awaits you. Blessings to you in this new beginning. We hope you will join us on this journey. So now that you've heard the first part of the conversation, the rest is up to you. You can join us in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash sacred ordinary days tribe or on social media using hashtag sacred ordinary days podcast. Please say hi and tell us what your experience with the liturgical calendar is. Has it been a long time part of your spiritual practice or is this your first advent? You'll hear from us again on Wednesday, December 16th, as we explore the season of advent. Be sure to subscribe to the sacred ordinary days podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. For more resources on the liturgical calendar and Christian spiritual formation, join me at sacredordinarydays.com and Lacey at a sacredjourney.net. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.